If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, I'm Melinda Hill, and you're listening to Lit with Melinda Hill, a podcast about all things that light me up. Well, it sounds like you're busy. I'd like to see people being congratulated on social media for not marrying the wrong person. I hope that ends up working out for you. As promised, for the finale in our love and self-love related month of content in honor of Valentine's Day, I want to answer my text from a friend who asked, how can I be there for a friend who is having marriage troubles? So I thought it would be appropriate to actually just read my article that I wrote on this topic for Hello Giggles. Hopefully it's of help to you. Five ways to be there for a friend who is having marriage troubles. Yes, you can offer support in a constructive, non-messy way. So we've all been there. You're out for a girl's night and one of your friends is complaining about her husband. Or worse, she's on the phone with you describing how her marriage is currently in a free fall and begging you for some advice. Being there for a friend who's having marriage troubles is tough. You want to be supportive, but you also may feel inadequate commenting on such a private matter. Plus, if you give your unfiltered and honest opinion, it can bite you in the butt later. I remember a time when my friend called and said she was done with her guy. I cheered her on and threw him under the bus, only to have her not leave him at all. It felt like the deliciously cringe scene in Almost Famous, where the plane is going down, so everyone said their real feelings, but that the plane never crashed. Yikes. According to some relationship experts, these awkward moments are worth it if you're telling your friend what she or he needs to hear. As Tracy McMillan, relationship expert and host of Owns Family or Fiancé, says, sometimes staying neutral and not giving an opinion is not being a good friend. Friends need a sounding board, an external hard drive, someone to tell you the hard truth in a way that you cannot hear from yourself or anyone else, someone to show you what you're not seeing. So perhaps the best way to be there for a friend who's having marriage troubles is to find a balance between being radically honest and neutrally supportive. Here are five ways to get it right. One, be an active listener. Validate your friend with active listening, aka you can acknowledge what is being said without taking sides and come from a place of wanting the highest good for their partnership. Example, I am so sorry this is happening. That sounds really hard. Whatever happens, it will be okay. I love and support you both. Remind your friend that everyone in this situation deserves to be happy. Refrain from colluding, commiserating, gossiping, or demonizing her partner because these feelings can be toxic and unproductive. To avoid advising or giving a bunch of unsolicited advice, first assess the sitch, then ask, how can I best support you? Would you like to vent or would you like to know my experience? If they do want to vent... Your job is to then hold space non-judgmentally and be a witness to your friend working out their thoughts. 
You can simply reflect back to them what you're hearing. Number two, affirm that they're doing the right thing by speaking up. Leaving a toxic marriage can be very difficult instead of bringing up the past, which can lead to a lot of blaming and shaming if you keep reminding them what happened last time. Affirm what they're doing well. Hey, I'm glad you called me and are asking for help. Three, normalize relationship bumps and tools. I can't tell you the relief I felt when my boyfriend and I argued and I called a friend who did not judge or tell me what to do. Instead, she normalized arguing in relationships and offered some tools that helped her. She suggested removing myself from the situation when things are heated because one or both partners may be triggered to childhood trauma and at that point, it really just becomes two children fighting over a juice box. Keeping the fight going can put both partners in danger of seeing things they'll regret or escalate everything to a breaking point. Instead, my friend suggested taking space when things are heated and returning only once my partner and I have cooled down. It's a good tactic that you can also offer to your friend. Four, have your friend consider if there are lessons to be learned from this experience. While I would never encourage anyone to stay in something that feels toxic or abusive, I do feel like people come into our lives for a spiritual contract. And until we receive the lesson, they or a version of them will just keep reappearing as new partners or new undesirable relationships. Some relationship troubles can be a great opportunity to work through some deeper issues in order to address them for good. Personally, something that has helped me was looking at relationship troubles as an opportunity to work on what I can control, being the best partner I can be and committing to that so that I can attract and sustain the kind of partnership I want to be in whether it ended up being with that person or not. Practices like meditation and journaling can help get these types of feelings and revelations out in a safe space to help your friend process them. Five, allow your friend space to make their own decisions. Instead of pushing an agenda, giving your friend space to choose what they do next allows them the dignity of their own path. That said, if they are in real harm or danger, like there's a potential of physical abuse or someone's cheating, urge them to go to more qualified experts ASAP. Just say, I don't have any experience with these things, but I'd suggest talking to somebody who does, or perhaps calling National Domestic Violence Hotline, working with a therapist, or joining a 12-step support group. I support you in doing whatever is most self-honoring for you. Remember, your job is not to try to fix, save, or change their situation because you're not that powerful. If they're asking for your experience, you can share some things that have been helpful to you without going into counselor mode and they can take what they like and leave the rest. It is such a weird night in LA right now. It's it's rainy, it's pouring rain. I, I personally love rain. I'm a rain person, but it's flooding. People are without power. They're without electricity, heat. Friends of mine are having to go stay in a hotel. Their homes are flooding. It's really dystopian and dark. It's like literally dark because LA is always so bright and so light. In my own life, we are moving in three days into a new home. I've been in this home eight years. There's some grief in that, along with excitement and gratitude and all the other things. There's also a lot of anxiety with moving. I moved 27 times as a kid, so it just brings up a lot of stuff. My fiance's 
father passed away two days ago, unexpectedly. So there's just a lot of energies right now, and I honestly didn't feel like I had the bandwidth to do a podcast, especially one called Lit right now. I don't know how much light I can bring. Because everything just feels like really intense right now. Um, And I know it's going to be okay, but I've just did it right now. So I thought, well, like what's really lighting me up right now? You know, one thing that lights me up continuously is the idea that I don't need things, like I don't need external circumstances to be a certain way for me to be okay. And like the thought that that external conditions need to change in order for me to be okay, there's something wrong with that thought. Because I, right now in this moment, I'm okay. I might have like a lot of anxiety and feelings and sadness and be going through some grief of my own in addition to trying to be the best fiance I can, you know, the best support to a loved one I can right now. The fact of the matter is, you know, I think a lot of times the only thing wrong is we think something's wrong. And the thought that something needs to change in order for everything to be all right might be the only thing that's wrong, that thought. So I just offer that because a good friend offered that to me this week, who I trust and love how her mind works. And I'm taking that for myself right now as my guiding light. And the other thing that really lights me up is the fact that we can, as artists, alchemize anything into art. We can take anything that occurs and alchemize that into something beautiful, transformational, cathartic, some expression. We can transform it into entertainment that illuminates, empowers, inspires, enlightens, you know, or just offers people a laugh. And that's my favorite part of being an artist, is the alchemy of real-life events into something immortal, something beautiful that adds value to other people's lives. To me, to be a part of that is the greatest honor and is my legacy. That's my legacy. So all the stories I've been privileged to to share, to tell in various iterations, Film, TV, series, comedy, stories, articles, TikToks. Those are my kids. Those are my kids that leaving behind. So I feel grateful for that today. And in the spirit of that, and as a sort of part two to last week's episode, which was called, I went on a date with my dead ex-boyfriend. 
I'm going to go ahead and read the actual LA Times article. I went on a date with my dead ex-boyfriend. You know, and if you want to go back and, and hear the behind the scenes and the actual session with the psychic medium that inspired this article, listen to last week. But here's the article itself, and I feel like it's very appropriate tonight in light of, you know, people leaving us, people leaving their physical bodies, the physical realm. Here we go. This was published in the October 30th Halloween issue of LA Times, LA Affairs. I went on a date with my dead ex-boyfriend. I felt super excited and nervous about my date with an ex-boyfriend, which surprised me since he is dead. Let me explain. My ex died in 2019, and I felt nothing at first. We had dated many, many years earlier, and even though we loved each other very much, we had many unresolved issues. When we broke up, I filed him away in a heart-shaped time capsule, never to be opened again. Moreover, I did not have the bandwidth to properly mourn since I was putting in grueling hours on a film set. So imagine my surprise when, more than a year after his death, I found some of his songs on the internet, songs he had written about me. They cracked my heart open as if it were a rainbow, bleeding all the colors of delayed grief. The songs took me back to a chaotic, passionate time when we lived as young, struggling artists in his Silver Lake shoebox. The deluge of emotions I was feeling was so intense that a mutual friend suggested something I'd never done before try to connect with him through a psychic medium. My session with the medium began on Instagram Live with the medium offering up a disclaimer that the deceased you want to communicate with may not show up, so just be open to whomever does. I grew concerned that my ex wouldn't show up for our otherworldly date and half-joked, am I going to be ghosted by a ghost? But it was no laughing matter when the medium began telling me things about my ex that she couldn't possibly know. There's someone here who's thin with dark hair. He's playing guitar on the floor and singing a poem for you. You live together. I had chills as I sensed my ex materializing like a film negative coming into focus. You have his ashes, his remains. But wait, no, I don't. I assume his family has his ashes. Could she have meant the lyrics that are pieces of his soul? I did have those remains of him. Yes, I agreed. You sensed his scent. Yes, I said. Is that an afterlife aftershave? An afterlife aphrodisiac? Humor is my coping mechanism. He wants you to know he loves you, the medium said. Rosy memories emerged of dancing the night away at Sunset Junction Street Fair, an orange dawn when he handled my cat's unexpected death for me, yellow coconut curry at our fave Indian cafe. He's obsessed with you. I felt angry, confused. Why didn't he say any of that while he was still alive? 
How am I supposed to rekindle a romance with a ghost? A premise for a TV show popped into my mind. She found the love of her life. There's only one problem. He's a ghost. Also, why now? I surmise that ghosts operate on ghost time and don't have any boundaries. He wishes he could have told you more sooner. He wants to thank you for taking care of him. I remembered the amount of energy I invested in his band's success so he could afford to take us on a long-dreamed-of trip to Hawaii and then settle down into a stable lifestyle. I didn't yet know that I wanted to be on stages, making people feel things with comedy and traveling to exciting places for work. Not-so-rosy memories emerged of the year after, when Sunset Junction seemed like a darker carnival of chaos. The night he said, we need to talk when we get home, and I felt green with nausea, dread, envy, and suspicions of his surreptitious sexcapades. That's when he confessed that, even though he had finally gotten sober, his past drug addiction had resulted in a variety of health complications. He said he knew he wouldn't live as long as me and wanted to spare me that pain. He said we should break up. Bewilderment Blues sent in. Through the years, we traded places. The performer I admired settled down while I turned my tears into relationship jokes that took me around the world as a comedian, performing in Hawaii several times. I didn't yet know that my subconscious aim was to stay uncommitted and avoid ever being vulnerable again. He wants you to know he's so proud of you, the medium said. You helped him heal. What's the big takeaway? I asked. Still stunned. The big takeaway is love is eternal. Love is eternal. Afterward, I felt like I had some answers, but I also had some questions. Now that my heart had been cracked open by a person who I had no way of being with, how was I supposed to deal with trying to get over this during a pandemic? I felt retroactively obsessed with and haunted by my ex, who admittedly seemed way more present as a ghost than he ever did when we dated. It occurred to me that perhaps someone should create a medium dating app or dating show, medium matchmaker, perhaps to help folks make peace with their past in order to become present for their future. You know, because if you're still stuck in the past, then you're truly living in a haunted house. Or, since my exes have become my muses and vice versa, a muse dating app for those looking to immortalize their love connection in art. An app that's like, meet cute, but instead... It's called Meet Muse. Meet Muse. Clearly, I had some more exploring to do. 
I found a therapist who met me on Zoom, and we reprocessed the relationship. Here I saw the full picture, that of a pivotal, profound love that wasn't supposed to be any more than it was. I wanted to rescue him and to be rescued. And instead, he was removed so I could rescue myself. I forgave him and myself for any harm caused knowingly or unknowingly and felt like maybe I could finally take off my love-proof protective vest. I felt transformed by the gift of grief. For our second date, I'm going to ask my ex if he'll join me for couples therapy. Well, I don't think I've ever read this out loud. Um, There you have it. That was my article called, I went on a date with my dead ex-boyfriend. I hope that this story helps Anyone who is seeking closure, peace with a deceased loved one, um, I hope that it inspires healing, serenity, and that it helps you in some way. I know it definitely was so healing for me to channel this. I don't even feel like I wrote this. I channeled this. I feel like I... I co-created this with my ex. You know, he was my muse. I found these beautiful songs he wrote about me. And it inspired this visit with this psychic medium, which inspired my story for the LA Times, which is now in development for a project that we're going to shoot. So, but bigger and even beyond that is it gave me the gift of closure and and peace and um i'm just eternally grateful for this whole experience it was so beautiful so for anyone struggling and missing a loved one maybe your loved one left expectedly or unexpectedly maybe your loved one who left is still alive and you're in some kind of grief around it i just want you to know that You're not alone, and you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And you too can alchemize this into something positive and something beautiful. You really can't. That concludes our month of love valentine's month of love topics Um, we've been on quite a journey together this month we talked about how my self-partnered honeymoon and my own journey with self-love accidentally manifested my real fiance we talked about how finding closure and amends with the past exes created space for love and self-love in my life in the episode I went on a date 
my dead ex-boyfriend, which was also my story in the LA Times. <laughs> and now we have learned how to be there for a friend. Oh, and we also learned how to gamify dating apps with a special spreadsheet method. We have covered it this month. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to go back to our regularly scheduled topic starting in March, which is all things that light me up. But I will say this article today actually super lights me up because learning how to be there for friends without advising, being bossy, colluding, gossiping, that's adult topics. That's like some next level graduate program kind of stuff there. So enjoy that. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing this podcast with someone who could benefit. Thank you for rating the podcast, reviewing it. That really helps people know what they can expect when they listen. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for joining the Patreon as a patroon. We can't do it without you. We are fully listener supported and we love and appreciate all of your support. I love you. You're doing great. Keep going. Lit with Melinda Hill. Hosted by Melinda Hill. Produced and edited by me, Todd Donald. Executive produced by Melinda Hill. And music by The Polarity and Skip Whitman. Thank you for listening.